0: everybody. Good evening. Uh, What day is it? Monday. Okay. Uh, March 30th. This has been the longest month of my entire life. (laughs) I don't know if you feel the same way. You probably do. Um, It's Monday, everybody. I hope everybody's doing well. It is 8.11 p.m. and um, I got a little show lined up here for you. Let's see. Um, I'm going to talk about my day, my silver lining. I'm going to talk about um the book and then at the end i got my shout outs you know how we do it okay guys so uh first of all the silver lining of my day i was thinking about this earlier has got to be my mornings um i don't know how teenagers how you guys feel about the mornings but you know you can imagine the, our mornings have transformed because nobody has to rush out the door anymore and if you follow me on instagram you know that every morning i Katem will wake up and I'll make her pancakes. So this morning I wanted to wake up before my kids because it's really the only time I can get work done is before they're awake. And right now from like 8 to 11. So I woke up this morning and it, it's kind of amazing to have that time to myself and then to not have to rush and get ready for work and get everybody's lunches packed and, you know, try to connect with your kids for two minutes before they run out the door. So the mornings are crazy here. I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming a lot of you are getting a lot more sleep. (laughs) I can only imagine. Um, And I know we all miss school, but I know, well, I take that back. I really miss school. And I think a lot of you do too. Um, But I'm sure, I hope for some of you that um you're taking more time to do things that are healthy for you like sleep and read the books that you want. I know for me um it is I have a ton more time with my kids but I do really appreciate a lot of the moments throughout the day that we have together that we could never have before and the mornings are definitely one of them. Kind of a gray day today though. You know what I'm saying? You guys know if you're one of my students you know how much I need the natural light. Non-negotiable. So when you get these thick cloud covers for, oh man, all day, I saw on, um, on the news that I think we're going to get some sunshine later on in the week. So I guess I just got to wait it out. Um, okay. So I took a look at the, oh, I should say, if you guys have not filled out the Google form on classroom, I really need you to do that. You know, this is really tough I mean, it's tough for a a thousand different reasons, but one thing that's really tough is like, I just don't know where people are. I don't know if people are reading. I don't know if you're not reading. I don't know if you're on track. You know, I I just, I can't say like, Hey, how are we doing everybody? And have 26 people answer me at the same time. So, um, if you haven't not filled out the Google form, I really need you to do it. Even if you're like Ms. Ford, I'm not hundred percent not reading this book. I don't care. Just tell me that. So I kind of know what I'm working with. Um, even if you're not reading other people are reading. So, you know, I'm still going to teach the book, but I just kind of want to get an estimate of like, if you are going to read the book, I do want to know how far you are. Um, so I can figure out what I should talk about every night. If that makes sense. That's really what I want to do. I don't want to talk about things that people haven't read. And I don't want to get too far ahead of people because then, you know, I don't want people to be like, Oh, I haven't read so much of this. I don't even want to listen to this podcast anymore." Um, So what I, based on the responses that I have received, thank you everyone who has taken my survey. I'm going to talk about chapter four tonight. And then I'm going to talk about chapter five tomorrow. And then I'm going to talk about chapter six. And then on Wednesday, I'm going to drop some four through six questions. Okay. Um, So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the focus will be things fall apart. And then probably by Thursday, Actually, I should look at the calendar. Um, if you guys are wondering, like, when are we going to be reviewing for the AP Lit test? That's a great question. I'm, an, I'm waiting for more information about what our test specifically is going to look like. Um, and once I have that information, I will make a plan for us and proceed from there. Um, if you have not done so, go into Google Classroom and take a look at the links to the resources I've posted that AP Lit has shared, um, with, with all of us, with teachers and students in the community, because they've done, I don't know how you would rate it, but they're, they are trying. Um, they have their own people doing online review sessions. So if you're interested, you know, you're more than welcome to watch those videos. And if you want to know where they are, they're all posted in my, in my Google classroom. And there's a category or section that says, I think it says AP exam review okay so let's get started on um, on things fall apart first of all, I should say that I don't know a hundred percent of the people who have checked in so far have said they're go- they're they're either reading the book right now or they they're going to right so oh, they take that back um, yeah everybody said they're either reading it or they're going to so that's amazing I'm really happy that everybody's still on board and I hope the book is a good distraction. All right. I want to talk about some things that are happening in chapter four specifically. And um, hopefully you guys are getting a feel for how this book is written and um, what Achebe is trying to do. And I know I said this last time, but it's worth reviewing in the sense that, okay, there's an immediate plot in this, in this world and many things will change. But right now the immediate plot is that Okonkwo's family has, we're, we're like learning about Okonkwo's family and his culture and his traditions. But then this new thing has come up in Okonkwo's life, which has been Akemefuna. And again, if you're frustrated by the names you're like, Oh, I can't say these names. I can't keep people straight. You should, excuse me. You should really make a bookmark and maybe I'll make one, make one in Throw it up on Screencastify. You should really make a bookmark where you keep track of all the names and all the locations. Um, that's the best thing to do. So there are some major players that you'll hear me talk about a lot. And then there are some kind of non major players. Okonkwo is the main character, obviously. And then Okonkwo's a, a biological son who's a big character. His name is Nwoye. Am I saying it right? I don't know. But it's N W O Y E. Okay. Um, that's the best I got. I call him Nwoye. Okay. So Okonkwo and Nwoye do not have a good relationship. And let's talk about why. Um, Okonkwo is an extremely masculine male. We are going to refer to him as hyper masculine. It's funny because if you guys remember the African male stereotype videos, um, all of the African stereotypes were men you know, these men who were like, were obsessed with war and they wanted to kill everyone and shoot everyone. And they were always villains and they were super scary. And it's so awesome because I know how this book is going to go. And interesting that Achebe kind of gives us a main character who is a hyper-masculine man. Like he doesn't give us a sensitive guy to like break the mold. He gives us Okonkwo, like the manliest man in the world. Um, and I, th- I mean, I mean, I know, and I think you're starting to realize too, is that like Okonkwo is hyper-masculine, but his community, like they're just so annoyed by him sometimes because he just like will not turn it off. And I think that that's part of it is that chame wants us to realize like, yeah, sure. Guys like Okonko exist, like the village needs them. But at the exact same time, there's also a million different types of men in the village, just like any other culture. So you got Okonkwo. And he is an extremely hardworking guy. He knows that his dad was a deadbeat according to his standards. And he's really out to make a name for himself without the help of his father, which is kind of hard to do. So he's got this farm that he's been working on and it's doing pretty well. And he has this son, Nooye, but Nooye isn't like Okonkwo. He's not really into the physical labor. He's not a hyper-masculine male. He's a very different male. Um, and actually, a big theme of this book is masculinity. And if we were in class, I love this topic because I think a lot – it feels like a lot of the books that we read deal with um, – I don't know. Like The Color Purple was obviously about you know a, a women or a woman, but I think there's a lot of masculinity in that too. But I like – things fall apart because it gives us this this great conversation about masculinity. Like how does a culture teach men to teach young boys to be men? And that's a great question for all our culture today in the 21st century. How do we, how how does your family, your culture, your neighborhood, whatever you want to call it, how do they teach men or or show young men how to be grown men? Um, And you want to think about that. Like what are the things that, teach you how to be a man, like obviously, you know, your parents, your dad, your grandfather, but also, you know, if, if you went to a certain school and we've had this conversation in class before, like, you know, what, what is valued or praised at our school when it comes to, um, like how we see men in our community. Um, I think those are really good questions. So in this culture, Okonkwo really firmly believes that there is only one way to be a man. And Nuoye is not doing what he wants him to do, but a Funa really does. He really does do what Okonkwo wants him to do. Like Okonkwo says that he, I don't know if he goes so far as to say he loves a Funa, but he's, he comes to love that child in a way that he, he doesn't feel the same way about Nomoye. I had a quote here that I wanted to read to you guys. Um, where he talked about, um, it says inwardly Okonko knew the boys were, oh wait, hold on, that's not what I wanted to read. Um, that's when he's yelling at both of them. So he takes the kemefuna to like his, his important meetings. And, um, he thinks the kemefuna is a really cool kid. Oh, just, but also like, I think it's really important and kind of funny to me that Okonko like never shows emotion unless it's anger. That's like a rule in his life. And once again, let's take it back. Like, what do we tell young boys or men, young men, about showing emotion? Like, what message does our culture send? And um, we're going to talk about the consequences of hypermasculinity later in the book, because trust me, there will be consequences, um, but it, it is a good question for now. Okay, so um, Akemi Funa joins Okonkwo's family, and you also want to note that Akemi Funa does miss his mom, but he adapts pretty well. And then him and Nuoye become very close. And this friendship or kinship is going to matter big time. So pay attention to that. Um, some other things that I want to, some other highlights from this chapter that I think are important. I have some pages dog-eared here are, um, this conversation that Okonkwo has with his friend um, during the week of peace, I cannot pronounce this name. Agbuefi Izwaidu. This is on the top of 39. He was the oldest man in the village who was telling he was telling two other men who came to visit him that the punishment for breaking the peace of Ani had become very mild in their clan because remember Okonkwo beats up his wife. And so he gets in big trouble and he says he, he inwardly he was repentant, but he's not about to go around apologizing. That is not something that he does. Um, But he hurts his wife during the week of peace. And I'm sure you guys are thinking to yourself, like, this is so ridiculous. He can, he can beat her up any other week of the year, but he can't do it this week. But remember, we just want to try to not pass our judgment and take the book for what it is. But actually that is correct. He, does beat her up he just can't do it this week. Okay, so then he has this conversation and then um this friend of his Og Buefi it has not always been so he said. My father told me that he had been told that in the past a man who broke the peace was dragged on the ground through the village until he died. But a while but after a while this custom was stopped because it spoiled the peace which it was meant to preserve. Somebody told me yesterday, said one of the younger men, that in some clans, it is an abomination for a man to die during the week of peace. It is indeed true, said Ogbuefi uh, Izuedu. They they have that custom in Obodani, which is another village. If a man dies at this time, he is not buried, but cast into the evil forest. It is a bad custom, which these people observe, because they lack understanding, They throw away large numbers of men and women without burial. And what is the result? Their clan is full of evil spirits of these unburied dead, hungry to do harm to the living. Okay. So let's pause on that conversation for a sec. What you're, you know what? I wish we had more time together because we would have read a story that I think you guys all read in middle school called The Lottery. Do you guys remember this short story? It's by Shirley Jackson. She's another podcast. I read her biography recently oh my goodness, she's an amazing writer. So anyway, The Lottery, maybe you read this, maybe you didn't, but it's this short story that's kind of haunting. It's kind of like original Hunger Games where this village has this tradition where every, I think, year they select someone to stone to death. And they basically say like, oh, we have to do this. And then there's one teeny tiny comment in the among the villagers as this is happening, where they say like, oh, did you hear about that other village? Like they suspended or stopped their lottery. And someone's like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. You know, why, how could you do that? Here's the thing to bring it back to things fall apart. You're going to learn like very subtly. Achebe is going to kind of show you that like, that these people in the village, they have their traditions and customs, but over time those traditions and customs evolve. And they evolve for all sorts of reasons. They evolve because the clan has come together to say, Hey, this isn't working or they evolve because things happen to the village or to the harvest or whatever that causes the village to think differently about things. Um, and they, uh, this clan, the Igbo clan, you're going to soon learn that they actually don't operate the same way as many other surrounding villages. And, and, um, And that's also really interesting. You know, this is like one small population, or I shouldn't say small, but this is just one population of people who live in this area. But if you were to go to another village, they may do things kind of in a similar way, but they probably do things very differently at the same time. So that's another thing that you want to pay attention to. Okay, the last thing that you guys should be paying attention to in chapter four is the labor and the attention that goes into growing the yams. You need to you need to know you need to feel the exhaustion of what it means to grow a yam crop, and that's super important for a number of reasons. Like, first of all, to take it back to the color purple, if you remember in the color purple, <coughs> we we meet the Olinka when um, Nettie goes to Africa, and the Olinka, like many people in this region where yams grow, like where yams are the king crop, they depend on the yam crop. And if you remember from the color purple, I know this is really taking it back. The yam offers some sort of nutrient that when you eat it in large amounts, it, oh, it helps with sickle cell. I don't know. It has some sort of, um, oh yeah, that's right. Cause Henrietta and the color purple at the end, she needs all the yams and she hates yams. Do you guys remember that? So the yams the yam has this like really powerful medicinal medical function and and when you eat it in large quantities i'm i'm not really sure i'm just going off of what i know from the color purple but it helps with um to alleviate some of the problems that occur with with sickle cell so anyway the yam is really important not only just because they cons- consider it their king crop but it also has this really important um really important function in their bodies. So if you remember in The Color Purple, when the colonists or the white people show up, they destroy everything. And one thing that they destroy is the yam crop. And at the time in reading The Color Purple, you're like, okay, you know, that that stinks. But I love how Achebe goes into a tremendous amount of detail, especially specifically in chapter four, about how the yam crop is tended to and how it's yielded. Because that is of huge importance to these people. And I know you're probably thinking, oh, somebody's gonna show up and destroy the yam crop. You know what, guys? Don't think about it. You don't know what's gonna happen in this book. I promise you, you don't know what's gonna happen. That's kind of why I love this book so much. You think you know this story, but when you read it, you're like, oh, yeah, I actually didn't know any of this story. But he does go to a lot of effort in chapter four to describe. Um, not just the yam, but like the dependent, how dependent Okonkwo is and everybody, obviously who, how dependent they all are on the natural world. Like, you know, if it rains, is is it going to rain too much? Is it going to not rain enough? Um, so you want to pay attention to that. Oh, a couple important words before we do our shout outs. One is the word chi. Chi is a personal god. So in Okan the, the people that sort of surround Okonkwo, they say that he has a really like strong chi or connection to his chi and the the dad Unoka like he has a weak personal god and again this is just the I'm just trying to reiterate the the beliefs of um the beliefs of the Igbo people when it comes to these words okay the second one that the second word that I'd like to talk about is the word Obi, and this is his hut. Okay, that's just his hut. So I'll try to point out some words that he's that is going to say over and over again. Um, okay, so what's going to happen next? Well, we're going to learn a lot more about the clan, but at the exact same time, we are also going to continue um, this story of akemifuna because it it's lays the groundwork a little bit. Okay, um, that was chapter four. I think that that'll be good. And tomorrow we'll do five and Wednesday we'll do six. And I'm going to drop some questions for you guys in classroom on Wednesday. So if you're listening to the podcast and you haven't picked up the book yet, that is okay. I would encourage you. I would invite you. Come read along with us. You can just start on chapter five if you'd like. I would encourage you to go back actually and start from the beginning um, and try to get caught up just because there's so much, so much to this book. Okay, Shout outs, shout outs, shout outs. You know it. I'm gonna shout out the following people who I see you, I see you doing your thing. And I just want to say, hey, I appreciate you, and I'm here for you. I'm here for everybody. You know what I'm saying, guys? Even if you're like not doing anything out there, I'm here, I'm here for everybody, but I do want to shout these people out. Okay, in first hour, I wanna shout out Maggie and Keith in second hour. I want to shout out. Hold on, guys. I'm kind of slow on the shout outs tonight. In second hour, I want to shout out Niccolo, Kyla, Michael, Hannah, Seamus, Sam, Jacob, CJ, Julian. And in fifth hour, I want to shout out. Wait for it. Wait for it. I want to shout out Annie, Elise, Alfonso, Natalie, Autumn, Lindsay, I got love for y'all. I see what everybody's doing out there and I appreciate you. Um, so guys, that brings our episode to a close. If you have questions about things fall apart, I want you to email me. There's also another Google form kind of back a little ways in Google classroom. And it says, I think it says cues for TFA, maybe, um, post your questions there. I would love to answer them. Um, someone in Google form today had a good idea about like posting discussion questions that we can all jump in on. Um, I think that's a great idea. I also have memories of what happened when I gave second hour, like a shared Google slide document. Do you guys, does anyone remember that? And just turned like meme bombs? Oh, good times. Good times. I miss you guys. Okay. That's it for tonight. I'll be back tomorrow. Um, I love you stay healthy and thanks for listening.